Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is the Shelter Animal Reiki Association, Animal Reiki for Reiki Practitioners, Lesson 1. And I'm really excited uh, to have all of you here. Thank you so much for joining, and thank you all so much for being interested in this and for being interested in Sarah. So I'd like to start tonight. We're going to try and start every class with a meditation. And I just ask that if you join the call um, late and you hear silence, to just go ahead and mute yourself and uh, let the meditation continue because we do have students that aren't able to call in and have to listen to the recording, and I like for them to have a nice, clean meditation space um, when they listen to the recording later. So I'd like us all to sit up straight with our spines nice and tall and just take some nice, deep, cleansing breaths. We'll take three breaths, breathing in through our nose and pulling that breath down into our belly and just gently letting it release at our nose or at our mouth. Just releasing all the tension you might be holding in your body with that out breath. And again, breathing in, pulling that breath down into your hara or into your belly and letting that breath go gently out your mouth or nose, feeling any stresses you might be holding, any tension. Feel that released with your breath. And again, one more time, breathing in through your nose, pulling that breath down into your belly, and then letting go. Now I'd like us all to either go into gosha or put your hand over your heart and set your intention that you're open to receive whatever it is that you need most at this moment in time. And whatever it is that the animals that might come into our circle need most at this moment in time. And whenever you're ready, you can put your hand face up or face down in your lap. And I'd like you to take a deep breath in and feel that breath connect with your belly. Really feel that strong connection with your belly. And as you feel that connection, feel your belly kind of sticking down into the earth. Feel it becoming heavy, heavy with the breath, breathing in and out, your belly feeling heavier and heavier. And I'd like you to imagine there are roots coming from your spine, growing deep into the earth. And as you breathe in and out, feeling your belly getting heavier, feeling yourself root into the ground. See your roots growing deeper and deeper into the earth. Breathing in and out. Your belly feeling more rooted into that earth energy. Your roots growing deeper, giving you a sense of strength and stability. Now I'd like you to imagine as you breathe in that you're breathing in the earth's energy up through your roots and into your belly. Breathing in, pulling in that nice, calm, cool earth energy into your belly. And on the out breath, feeling your roots growing deep into the earth. As you breathe in and out, Feel the bottom half of your body becoming strong, stable, secure. This connection to the earth is your original energy. It is something we're all born with, the stability of the earth, yet we sometimes forget. Just feel yourself mindfully breathing in that beautiful earth energy and on the out breath, expanding that energy into your belly and down your roots. And I'd like you to imagine 
a beautiful golden ray of light from the sun coming down from the sky and into your crown. Feel the warmth of that sun's ray coming down into your third eye, into your skull, into your body, into your heart. Feel it resting into your heart and warming your chest. Breathing in and out, you feel the earth's energy coming in and out and mixing with the beautiful healing energy of the sky and the sun. Breathing in the sun's golden healing light. Breathing out, feeling that light filling your body, warming your heart. Breathing in and out. You feel the beautiful healing ray of the sun, the strong, stable sense of the earth filling your body. As you breathe the sun's energy in, you feel it stimulating your psychic and spiritual awareness. Feel the top half of your body expanding outwards, getting lighter with the beautiful sun's energy and the expansion of the sky. Breathing in the earth's energy gives you that stability and breathing in the sky and sun energy gives you the expansion. Now I'd like for you to imagine these energies mixing in your body, mixing together and forming a beautiful light within you. And imagine this light in whatever color that comes to you because it is your own unique light. It can be a purple light a yellow light, golden light, white light. When the earth's energy comes into your heart and the sky and the sun come into your heart together, they stimulate your own original light. You have a knowingness of knowing that the sky and the earth are within you at all times. This beautiful light lives within you. But as you consciously breathe their energies in and out, they stimulate your light and help it to grow brighter. As you breathe in and out, feel the energies mixing together and expanding out your body. Breathing in and out, feel your light growing stronger and stronger. Now I'd like you to sit with this energy, feeling it expand out with every breath. Feel this light growing stronger and stronger as you breathe out. Imagine yourself becoming engulfed in this beautiful healing light that is your own original light. Now, I'd like you to imagine your light expanding further, further out from your body. Feel this light becoming wider and wider with every breath in and out that you take. You feel your light growing stronger and spreading out into the room, into the environment. Feel yourself connecting with everything around you. Breathing in and out, your light becomes stronger and stronger. Feel yourself connecting with all the other students in the class, connecting with their lights. Your light starts to expand out, out into the universe, knowing that your energy, your beautiful light, can reach anywhere in the world, anywhere in the universe. It goes beyond time and space. Now I'd like you to bring to mind an animal that brought you here today. See that animal with your heart and feel your heart connecting with theirs. In this beautiful space of openness and connection, find it so easy to connect with your animal. 
This animal is one of your teachers. This animal is one that has probably taught you so many things and throughout this class and throughout your animal Reiki journey is going to teach you so many more. Feel your heart connecting. And in this beautiful space of connection, give thanks and gratitude. Our animals are our best teachers. And I'd like you to just slowly start to bring your energy back down into your space, but keep your animal with you at your heart. Slowly start to bring yourself back, breathing in and out, but still keep that stability of the earth energy and the openness of the sky energy with you and the connection that you feel with your animal. In this beautiful space, you are completely balanced. You have stability, you have expansion, and you have connection. And just slowly bring yourself back. But I'd like us to set our intention that we keep this beautiful space of openness with us throughout the class, throughout the night, and hopefully throughout our week. Because this, this space of openness and stability and security, it's a, it's a beautiful space to be in, and it's one that we want to live in. When we're grounded like the earth, but we're also open and expansive like the sky, we can connect more easily to the people and animals and our environment. And it's a beautiful space to be because it goes into what the homework was, which is the precepts. And I always tell the students that if you do nothing else at all, if you don't do any of the meditations, you don't do any of the, the hands-on healing for yourself, or you don't practice the symbols and mantras, the precepts are the cornerstone of your practice. Just the simple, just for today, do not anger, do not worry, be humble, be honest in your work, be compassionate to yourself and to others. That is a beautiful space of groundedness, of expansion, and of connectedness. When we're not angry, we're ground, we come from a grounded space. When we're not worried, we come from an expansive, open space, a spiritual and psychic awareness that doesn't cling to fear. When we're humble and we're honest, we're true to our way and to our being. And when we're compassionate to ourselves and others, when you're compassionate, you let go of the anger because you can see the person for who, who they really are and you let go of the worry. So just doing the precepts keeps us in that constant circle of meditation. So I encourage you to do as the exercise said, to say them three times in the morning and three times at night, but also to say them throughout the day. You know, when I was first learning Reiki, I would say the precepts when I was driving because that was the time that I was most angry and most impatient. So I would say the precepts over and over and over. But I started to, to realize that as I just said the precepts, even though I wasn't really mindful of the precepts and I wasn't using them as a meditation, it really started to have an effect on how I was interacting with people and how I was reacting to certain situations. Things were happening to me that I normally would just fly off the handle about and I was letting those go more easily. So really the, the precepts are going to help you to have that foundation for the rest of your practice so that you can really be the best practitioner you can be. So really quickly before I open it up to the homework, I wanted to um, just kind of go over quickly the, um, the type of Reiki we are going to be studying in this class. So the Reiki that we're sharing through this class is the traditional Japanese Reiki. And through the Japanese uh, Reiki, you're going to be learning traditional meditations that are hundreds of years old. And we're lucky enough to learn these meditations because of Franz Stine of the International House of Reiki. He has um, studied for many, many years with many different masters on learning where Reiki originated and um, the original meditations that Asui may have used, because nobody really knows the true history of Asui, but Franz actually studied with someone who studied under one of Sui's original um, 
original students, who was his cousin, it was Suzuki-san, who was a Tendai nun, and she actually um, showed Chris Marsh, Franz's teacher, these original writings of Asui. And so, unfortunately, Chris Marsh does not share his teachings publicly, but he did train Franz. And then Franz recently studied with um, what's called an Anjari. An Anjari is a level one ahead of a, like a Japanese priest, a Buddhist priest. And Anjaris don't study with Americans. They only study with Japanese priests and masters. And the Anjari was so impressed with Franz and his studies and his Reiki that he allowed Franz to come for 10 days and study with him. And Franz even gave the Anjari a Reiki treatment. And Franz did the Reiki treatment for 45 minutes, and then he left the room. And another 45 minutes passed, and the Anjari came in the room and said to Franz, Oh, I, I woke up and you were gone. And um, he said, uh, Franz said, oh, yeah, I've been here about 45 minutes. And he said, I thought you just left. The Anjari thought that Franz was still with him for an hour and a half because Franz's presence was so big. And so Franz is, we're very blessed to have Franz as a, as a teacher and to be learning through his teachings. And I just wanted to share that with you. So you kind of have a little bit of background. And I know the book, the handout kind of talks about that a little bit too. But I did want to share that, that we are going to be learning these traditional Japanese um, meditations that aren't really shared in the United States. And many of these meditations you are going to learn, will, you would not learn them unless you did study with Franz. I'm going to share um, a special chant that you can only learn if you study with Franz or Kathleen. Um, but Franz has allowed me to share that in this class, which I'm really excited about. It's a really beautiful chant that we'll learn, and I think you're all going to like um, using it as a meditation. So, and just really quickly on the Western versus Japanese Reiki. So the Western Reiki, um, which many of you come from that lineage, is completely fine and, and we don't, you know, it's not a Japanese versus Western type of thing. It's the the Western way works for people because people need more outward things um, than animals do. The problem that Kathleen found with the Western Reiki when she was first learning it, because that's how Kathleen learned Reiki was the original Western way, she found that the animals, if she put like a the symbol on the animal or when she was directing the energy, that the animals were running away. But the Japanese meditations and the Japanese way of Reiki that we're going to be learning is about going inward. So the symbols and mantras are for yourself. This, the hands-on healing is for yourself. We don't do hands-on healing with animals unless they ask for it. So the way to kind of like differentiate the, the Western from the Japanese is in the Western if you did a, um, a treatment on a person, you would be doing hands-on and you would be walking around the person as they lay there. And the Japanese way with the animals is we sit quietly and create the Reiki space and the animals come around to us and get the hands-on healing if they want it or maybe they just stay in front of us. But because animals speak with energy, they don't need us to be directing. And in fact, when we do direct energy or we do say, oh, you poor animal, I need to do this with you, they feel it more strongly than a person does. And they are like, oh, no. So it's really important for us to get our energy in a balanced space and for us to stay in that balanced space so that we can offer it to them when they're stressed and sick. When we have a healthy animal come to us, it's really beautiful because that animal helps us to go deeper. Like this week I spent at CARE, um, which is a wildlife sanctuary in Florida, and the woman who um, founded CARE and runs CARE, she has three tigers and two black leopards and a panther and a bear, and she has snakes and um wild birds and a hawk and farm animals. She has all these animals that were rescued. And when you meditate with them, even though they're in cages and even though they're at a sanctuary, they're all really well taken care of and they're all very open. So going there to meditate with the animals, they're teaching us how to meditate. We're not helping them. When Kathleen and I first went to care, we were thinking, oh, we're going to go help these poor little animals, you know, help them because they're probably all stressed and they're all unhappy because they're in cages. And they showed us that, um, no, you're not going to help me at all. In fact, we're going to help you. And it was just really amazing. And now when we go back every time, I just love sitting and meditating with the tigers because their energy is so huge and big. And it reminds me of what is possible within myself. So I just love meditating with those animals. But when we can meditate with healthy animals and with our own 
animals that we have at home, and we can ask them, could you please help show me how this feels to meditate and what that energy that, you're, that you are living in feels like, then it's really beautiful. Because I can sit there and tell you, you can practice your precepts. Here's some Japanese meditations. Here's what you do. This is how you meditate. But that's a person telling you. When you sit with an animal, an animal can actually help you to feel what meditation is supposed to feel like. Animals live in the present, in a present mindful way. They live in the here and now. They're not thinking about yesterday. They're not thinking about tomorrow. They're present. And that's how they survive. And so if you can sit with your animal and ask them to help you to learn to meditate, then when you connect with them, you feel that deep, beautiful space. And it's a space of just calm. It's not a space of of anger or of sorrow or of worry or, oh, I need to do this. It's not the monkey mind. It's just being. And if you can imagine your cat sitting in the windowsill and she's just looking out and she's just being, or your dog sitting quietly on the porch just looking out and just being, that is the space that we want to be in, and that's the space we want to carry with us as we go through our day. So I want to open this up since it's already 6.23 and we have a lot of students on the call. I just want to open this up to everyone and um, and then hopefully leave some time at the end to share the homework. So, um, Kate, why don't I start with you? Do you want to share um, anything? I know that you got the homework kind of late because you signed up later, but if you'd like to share, I'd love to hear. If you do have any questions, too. Oh, let me check that um, yeah, I did sign up late uh, for this class. I was taking Reiki locally and um, decided that um, I was drawn to animals. I really am just, I want to learn as much as I can about how to connect, like you were saying, with um, right. animals in their space and Oh, great. That's wonderful. Well, I'm really happy you're here, and I think you're going to find this class really helpful. Kathleen has done – she's really grown, um, you know, because she is in her practice. And I was telling the ladies earlier that we just finished her brand-new Animal Reiki Source Manuals, and she's going to be sharing those with the Sarah members, um, with the Sarah teachers. And so for the Animal Reiki for Reiki practitioners students, for you all on the call, we're going to be doing that manual in the next three to four weeks. We're going to be finalizing it, and it's going to be a manual you can purchase through bookpatch.com, but it's also a manual that I'm going to be breaking up into sections like I did um, our, our manual that we're using now. And so I'll send that all to you in sections probably like the fourth or fifth week, and we can kind of discuss the newer teachings that she has. And then I was telling the ladies I'm happy to do an extra night that we can all agree on and we can talk about the new sections and I can go over any meditations or questions and comments you have about it. So that's really exciting too. So there's going to even be more bonus material in this class, which is exciting. So thank you for joining, Kate. Thank you. Um, Joanne, would you like to share? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was unmuted. Hi, I'm <laughs> I live in the snow tundra of Massachusetts. <laughs> we call it Foxborough, and uh, but it's uh, it's getting bitter cold again. But we're trying to stay warm with our Reiki. Um, I was introduced to Reiki many years ago by a friend, and I had a great respect for it because I had a headache that was a killer and was gone in about thirty seconds. And wow! Since then, I was like, oh wow, okay. And I never really did anything with it, and then. Uh, my friend Linda. Who? Linda, are you on the call, Linda? I didn't hear you before. I am. Uh, hi, Linda. <laughs> hi. I can see out my window, so <laughs> star. Um, Linda. I'm not going out on my front porch. It's too cold out. <laughs> no, no, maybe maybe June we'll do that. But yeah. <laughs> Linda introduced me to uh, getting into the Reiki, and I studied it over the summer. And, um, and then she told me about what she's doing with the animals, and I happen to be on the board of a rescue. So oh, this wow. bringing me full circle, I'm on the board of a rescue for Norwegian elk hounds, and I also happen to have a major freak <laughs> of an elk hound. Oh, yeah. Who was caged for three years. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah, awesome. he was a stud dog and a puppy mill, and um, he's my fourth elk hound, and I also have a fifth one who's 
she's a freak in her own way, but she's a show dog who wasn't good at it because she's too afraid of the ring. Um, she's gorgeous, but she just is a goof. Um, but she's Aww. mine. And um, I I want to learn how to do this to work with the animals. Linda worked magic with Cody in one day, and I'm like, oh, really? This has something to it, huh? Oh, yeah. I remember she shared that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In and class, day, really said, great. no, no, no. Don't, don't do what you always do. And you're like, oh, my God, it's so great. So I let it go for a couple of days, and it just kept getting better and better. And and I said, okay, this is for me. So here I am. And thank you, oh, Linda. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Linda. Oh, thank you. So, so Joanne, um, did you have a chance to do the exercise with the presets? Yes. And so what was what happened? Share share with us what happened for you. Okay, well, I'm not a meditator. This is uh-huh. this new for me so and uh, i'm generally not in one place for any length of time so it's it's um i'm much better at it now than i ever was but um i i sat very quietly and i was able to get into my space and um i had a um i had a dog oh i'm going to cry i'm sorry she always makes oh, me oh no oh no it's a good cry she's okay. a one end of memory but she's just such a oh she was just, she'd get every one of you. She got everybody she ever touched. Um, <laughs> we adopted her when she had cancer. Aww. Nobody wanted her. Um, she was my first, second dog. I always had one dog, but she just I, she just spoke to me, and she was not pretty at all, but she was so kind of homely. She was beautiful. Um, she had a different name for six, every uh, six months she had six different names. Um, she was shipped up from the south and going to be adopted. And when they um, spayed her for her adoption, they found breast cancer, and the people said, "No, we don't want her." So now she's oh. stuck here in a foreign place with a different name and and all this. And I found her in our newsletter, and I just said to my husband, "I need that dog." He's like, "Are you nuts?" I'm like, "Probably, but I, <laughs> I need that dog." And so I channeled into Love, Lovey. Her name was. Um, and she never, and I, I channeled the uh, do not worry. Oh. She didn't have a worry in the world. Oh, and my she, gosh. She what a beautiful teacher. That is that yeah. is going to be a beautiful. Well, and you know, Joanne, the beautiful thing about the meditations that you're going to be learning, and we're going to be learning a beautiful meditation called the Healing Bridge, and that one, I'm going to cry now, that one mm-hmm. is um, really beautiful for connecting to animals that have passed and people find that you know animals and even people come through on the healing bridge and so i really feel like this beautiful spirit is going to come to you again and again and it's going to be a wonderful teacher for you that's awesome i know she just came to me and it was just as i said she's not it's not a sad um she was only with us for 15 months but she had one bad day and then she went to sleep so it was a blessing it was fabulous she she was the happiest dog you've ever known, and she loved everybody, and that's why they named her Lovey. And well, that's that's just beautiful that she was in your life, even for 15 months. I mean, 15 months is a huge gift that you even had her for that long. That's it, That that's was it. She, everybody gift. says, how can you do that? How can you let her go? And I was like, I had to make her last months, whatever they are, the best right. months that she's ever had, and she taught us more than we ever taught her. She was great. Oh, and obviously she's she's coming to you to say thank you too and to help you, which is just oh, so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she's gone for sharing. Five huh? years. So. <laughs> oh, five years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear how she comes and shares with you again because I really feel like in this Healing Bridge meditation, that's probably going to be a big one for you. So thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. Thanks. That's beautiful. Um, Judy, would you like to share? I can um, hi. hi, hi, everybody. I'm Judy. I'm from Kentucky, and um, I have been practicing Reiki for 20 years now. Wow. Um, and I teach and was originally taught more in the Western methods and have over the past few years been progressing more into the traditional Japanese practices. Um, and integrating more animal work into what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I've used Kathleen's books, so I'm a little familiar with her techniques, but I was really drawn to doing the Sarah class at this time. Oh, good. Well, I'm really happy about that. Well, welcome, and thank you. Thanks. So um, how was your homework exercise? 
You know, it was good. I um, I also seemed to focus on the do not worry, mm-hmm. um, but it seemed to be more from that fear perspective um, that the precept can come from. And I had a couple of my animals really kind of interrupting each other through the process of my meditation. I have two males who both are fearful in different ways. And my youngest one, um, Henry, has been really agitated and afraid lately. He's having some behavioral acting out, and he's, I think, a little afraid of what we are going to do with him. Uh, So it was really focusing on um, kind of communicating with him that it was okay and that we would work through it. And he, I think, is going to teach me how to do that. Yeah, I mean, they're great teachers for us. And and a lot of times they mirror us too, right? It's like they're mirroring kind of our fears too. The more fearful we are, the more fearful they start to get. And not that that's always the case. I mean, you can get a dog. Like Kathleen and I joke because Kathleen, you know, she's the animal Reiki expert and she's world-renowned. And she, her dog is so messed up. And she's like... <laughs> This dog came to me because otherwise I would be all, well, you're not in your practice. If your dog isn't calm, then you're not doing your practice. She's like, my dog, I do my practice every day. My dog is so messed up. (laughs) I can identify with that. (laughs) It is so true, right? Because, you know, you can only do so much. Sometimes the animal comes with a lot of baggage, but it also helps us too. I think even in your personal practice, I know for myself, when you talk to people about being a Reiki teacher, they think, oh, you're this perfect person and you have everything in order. And the reality is, no, that's why I do this and that's why right. I meditate. Because it's it, actually the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least for me it is. So, No, I think for all of us it is. And that's... that's um. It's true. It's like, but we have to acknowledge that and realize, you know, we're not perfect and that's why we do what we do. And we're going to come across animals that no matter how calm we are, no matter how much in the space we are, there's not a lot we can do. And that's why we go to other modalities too. Maybe we bring in flower essences and we bring in training because really Reiki can complement so many other things. And we just have to realize, you know, it's, it's bigger than us. And it's also... <coughs> One thing is the letting go part, right, that we have to realize it's not our journey. Our journey is our own. Their journey is theirs, and we can help support them on that journey. But really, their lessons they have to learn are theirs, and the lessons that they're going to teach us are ours, and, you know, so on and so forth. But it's, it is, it's a delicate balance. But when we're in that space of the precepts, then we can see that, well, I, if I let this go, if I if I live in a space of no worry and no anger and I'm honest and humble and I'm compassionate, then I can let it go and realize, you know, this animal has their own journey and I'm just going to help support them in any way I can. And, you know, and that's what Kathleen has come to realize and that's what a lot of us come to realize with these animals that we have. So I'm sorry, I interrupted and you were finishing sharing. So how was the exercise for you? I I think it was... I think it was good um, in that even though I was focused on the one, I seemed to kind of come back around to really remembering that all of them relate to being compassionate and working through. And so, so yeah, I think that's just kind of what I was left with at the end of it. That's really beautiful. And, and you know, our animals are going to teach us so much. It's It's just amazing. Like I joke that, I'm, you know, kind of quote teaching this class, but really the animals are the ones that like have the most profound teachings. Like you'll, you'll realize as we go through each class, people are going to come forth with like with you, with the animals. And it's like, oh, well, that's the lesson we have to learn. And it's not me. It's the animals that teach it. So I always give so much gratitude for the animals that are, that come to this class and share and teach because they really are the most profound teachers, and we're going to learn so much, not only from our own animals, but I've learned so much through other animals 
and Linda is resitting the class, as is Iona, and they both have shared really beautiful um, situations. And, you know, it's just it's just a really beautiful space that we're in in this class that we all can share, and then we hear these stories of these other animals. And it helps us when we go forth to, like, take this out to the world. We remember these stories, and it really helps us. So thank you so much, um, Robin. Iona, do, would you like to share? I think she's still on the call. Give her a second. Are you there? We'll go over to Linda Crockett. Linda, um, do you want yep. to share? Hello. Sure. <clears throat> um, I also chose Do Not Worry. Mm -hmm. That... Uh, seems to be my, my biggest challenge, although I do really well with it now. I um, used to be a professional worrier, but <laughs> so much better. But um, I did a meditation with Dakota, who is a, um, a white mare. She's in her somewhere mid, maybe late 20s. So she's an, she's an older horse, and um, I had... She she belongs to my sister-in-law and my brother. And I had worked with her probably close to a year now, off and on. And um, I try to keep her on some kind of regular, kind of remote Reiki meditation schedule. But so many things have happened over the last couple months, I kind of didn't get to it when I should have. And then last week I heard that um, the horses were having such a bad time because of the weather here and so much snow on the ground and they can't be let out like normal. And I guess she had some health issues <clears throat> and um, had to have the vet out and everything. So I, I found this out after the fact, and I still don't even know the details of what happened. But um, I started doing some remote Reiki for her right away as soon as I heard, which was I think just about a week ago. And um, I noticed like the first couple sessions I did, probably like Monday and Tuesday night, that the energy just didn't feel as strong and I was worried and, you know, is she is she going to be okay? <clears throat> so Sunday, uh, that was yesterday, yeah, I waited till the last day to do my homework. <laughs> and I, <laughs> so I did a meditation with her and, and the do not worry. And what kind of came to me was all is well and um, that I really needed to let go of my own expectations of not not so much the outcome. I, I'm always reminding myself to not apply my own expectations to, to yeah. the outcome, but also my own expectations as to how the meditation should go, like um and how the the flow of the energy should go that really she's getting it no matter how it feels to me. <laughs> right. If that makes any sense. Right. And it was kind of like a um it was kind of like an opening up, like, okay, everything's okay, and things, it's hard to explain, but the, the meditations I've had with her in the past were always very strong and usually very long, and for some reason last week when we started out, they weren't, so I, I was concerned, and I, I was worrying about it and didn't even realize I was worrying, <laughs> so mm -hmm. anyway, but it was a good, it was a good um, meditation, and I just got okay. this. You know, it, stop worrying about it. Just do what you do, and everything's fine. And that's a really big lesson, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we always want, like, some kind of feedback, or we're so needy as humans, and we can't mm -hmm. just just do and let it go and, and know that and believe that it's going to go where it needs to go. And we know this, and you've been in the class before, and you know this. You've had those experiences where you did distant Reiki, and you were validated, afterwards because you heard and so we just have to trust that when we set that intention and that when we let our energy just go and then we can let it go and and we find out later on oh but maybe we don't find out too so I remember I've shared with this in all the classes that when Kathleen and I went to care the first time and we met the tigers and I really bonded with Tigger and Pumpkin, who are two Bengal tigers, and she really bonded with Balshoi, the Siberian tiger, and Makoto, the black leopard. And so we meditated with them when we left, and then she got diagnosed with breast cancer. So we meditated a lot with them, and we would bring them into meditations to help 
Kathleen to help, you know, me support Kathleen and so on. So we did that for a year. And when we went back to care, we hadn't seen them for a year. And Makoto was this, was, is a black leopard that actually tried to kill anybody who came near him. And Kristen was the only person that could actually get him to a point where he could be fed. And that's why he's living with her now. And when we went there the first time, he wouldn't engage with anyone but Kathleen. He's, Kathleen's the only one he would look at. Wow. When we came back a year later, and he wouldn't, like, you know, he would just look at her. He wouldn't engage, really, but he would look. But when we came back, he heard her voice, and we were the only ones on the property. Kristen was at a show, and so we were by ourselves. He looked at her and started sniffing. He put his nose through the chain link fence, sniffing, and then rolled on his back and started purring with his paws in the air. Wow. And it was just amazing. And then we went over to the tigers, and when tigers see a friend, they make this, like, chuffing noise. They go, and we started talking, and they heard us, and they were up on their perches, and they jumped down, and they started doing that, and then rubbing against the fences. Like, they were so happy to see us, and it made us realize that even though we hadn't seen them a year, we had meditated with them. We had connected to them, and they knew us just as if we had seen them all the time. They knew us, and now it's like, when I go, it's such a joy for me to go to care because I can call Tigger. I have video of me calling Tigger, and he comes running to me wow. and, and bangs his head against the, the chain link and starts rubbing and purring and just, like, wants me to pet him. And I have pictures where I kiss him. And he's just, like, he's so friendly because they know us so well because we meditate with them and we come once a year and they see us. And it's a really beautiful space. So it's when you have that those experiences, it really helps you to let go. But, again, it's hard because we're human and we need that that validation, right? Right, that right. Working and oh, this is what the horse did, and and we want everything to be better because that's our our you know way of perfection. We love everything to be perfect, and if it doesn't look the way we think it should, then it's not you know right. But the reality is is that just supporting the horse, you know, even though you may not get feedback, your intention, we we know that that is supporting that horse. And whatever happens is is not up to you, but it's at least the horse has that support. And that's why we tell people with shelters, too, you know, we had a big discussion in this last class of Kathleen's about euthanasia and do you volunteer at a shelter that euthanizes animals? And that is a hard call because we all have our own paths. But our opinion is is that, there are so many animals, and even when and I've volunteered at a shelter for years, and even in the best situations when people take these animals and they adopt them, and you're like, "Yay, they were adopted!" It doesn't turn out to be a good situation for the animal, and they either come back or something bad happens, or you know, it, it's just not the best situation. So some animals have to be euthanized. Unfortunately, it's a bigger problem than the euthanasia. It's the spay and neutering. It's the lack of care. It's the overbreeding. It's all these other problems. And so if you can find the strength to go in a shelter and be with an animal that's going to be euthanized, at least that animal is getting acknowledged and is surrounded by love and support in its last few minutes of life. Maybe this is an animal that hasn't known, you know, a kind word or a kind touch his entire life. And then you go and you set that space to help him pass. That's a really powerful gift you can give an animal. So if you have the strength to do that, I encourage you to go to a kill shelter and help not only the animals but the staff because that is a hard thing to do, to have to euthanize animals day after day after day in a high-kill shelter. And if you can even offer your services to staff at a shelter for free, that would be a beautiful gift. And that's something, you know, we'll talk about in later lessons on how you can easily offer a treatment. We have a SUI did a chair treatment. It's a really beautiful short treatment that you can do and just offer it at a shelter. Have a free Reiki day, like maybe get some of your Reiki friends, teach them this simple little um, treatment, and then go to a shelter and offer it to the staff and volunteers for free and just set up a room, 10-minute treatments, and and that way they can feel what the animals get when you're sitting with them and they can learn to understand Reiki, but they can also get Reiki for themselves, which is a really wonderful gift. 
So thank you so much, Linda, for sharing that. Um, Harena, I think you're on the call, aren't you? Am I yes, pronouncing your name right? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Sorry, I'm still recuperating from the, I had never even thought of giving Reiki to a, an animal who's going to be euthanized, who's healthy. So that concept was like totally new for me. So I'm recovering from a little tearfulness. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, it's a very emotional, it was very emotional class when we were talking about it too, because it's, it, it is it is a, a huge gift for us as practitioners to be able to to give to an animal. So, yeah, it, and it's emotional because it's a, it's a hard situation, right? I mean, it's hard for us to, to not want to adopt every single animal, but we can't. That's not the reality of it. And so to be there would be just a huge gift. And I've been in a room with a couple of the animals. Luckily, the, the shelter I worked with didn't euthanize very often, but I was in there for a couple of times on animals that I had worked with, and they asked me to come in. And and they tried their hardest to make it as as calm as possible, but we all know that that's, you know, the animal knows what's happening. So I'm sorry. So so how was your lesson? How was your practice? Um, it, it was good. Um, I, I, what came to me was the do not worry. And right now my dog um, recently started having seizures since November. She's going to be 13. So I've been living in a pretty much a constant state of worry and mm-hmm. you know hypervigilance because any minute you know she could have one and so she came to me in in my meditation and you know I've been worrying constantly and here she's not I mean she's just in the present moment even though she's the one who's having the seizures um, so it was. And it, this is something that is is happening right now, and it's going to continue happening. So it's it's kind of like a struggle for me to really grasp and and put into practice not worrying because it's kind of like a knee jerk response. It's kind of like a little bit of PTSD. Right. Every time I hear her chain rattling, I um, right. I jump. I even had to get a, a little camera, a puppy cam, so I'm watching her um, when she's in the kitchen, and you know, so so I've. So I'm pretty much worried all the time, um, but really trying to stay in the present and just be present for her. And um, she used to not accept um, hands-on Reiki from me before. Now that I'm learning so much about the Japanese type mm-hmm. of Reiki, now I understand a little bit more, and I don't take it personally. But <laughs> she, yeah, but she actually has accepted it now since this whole situation started with uh, the seizures. Um, it's it's really um, she's become more receptive, and you know I. The reason I'm taking this class, I, I mean now towards the end is because of her, but um, also I've been practicing Reiki for about seven years, and about uh, a year ago I started volunteering at a horse rescue. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, and um, you know I, I started out with a traditional. Um, Reiki, and of mm-hmm. course, I realized right off the bat that that was not going to work. Yeah, um, I had never even been around horses before, so it was like a double whammy for me. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I started reading Kathleen's books, and you know, learned you know a whole different approach. So basically, from this class, I just want to get more, you know, delve deeper into you know the Western um, style Reiki and, and going inside because that. Yeah. That is definitely what, what works with the animals. Especially, you know, it's really great to hear that you're working with horses because horses are amazing, amazing mm-hmm. teachers, and they are going to teach you so much about this and about, um, you know, what the right way. The funny thing about horses is, is this has happened to me, it's happened to Kathleen, it's happened to all of us. You'll be in this beautiful space, you set this beautiful space with the horses, and, you know, you set it within yourself, and then you go stand with the horses, and they're, they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to accept this with you. I'll, I'll help this, you know. I'll do this with you. And then your mind starts to wander, and the horse looks up at you and goes, oh, no, and turns around <laughs> and walks away. And it's like, wait, wait, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Wait a minute. But they're the best teachers because they are no nonsense. They're, like, they're not like dogs and cats. They'll put up with our nonsense. Horses are like, no. Absolutely not. And they'll walk away, and then as soon as you get back in that space, they'll go, okay, you learned your lesson. I'm going to come back. But when you can really get in that space and be and let go, um, horses are really amazing because 
they will completely surrender to that that energy. And when I was at Pregnant Mare Rescue, the horses would lay down, you know, and horses don't lay down that often. And they would lay down and be on their side and just be like out like they were dead. And it's, you know, you want to take pictures, but they actually look like they're dead. So it's like, here's Reiki. And they're like, well, the horses look dead. <laughs> that had happened after um, one of my first uh, remote, it was a remote session with Dakota last oh really it was last april yes um trish had to go outside and check on her because the next day she was laying in the corral she said i've never seen a horse sleep so deeply she went to check on her to make sure she was alive i well and it's funny because that's what happened with the tigers (laughs) this time too yeah one of the tigers tigger he just like completely crashed out and in fact I accidentally woke him up because it was, you know, there's like leaves and everything. And I stepped back and I cracked and he jumped up and he was all disoriented. And Kristen, (laughs) the founder, was laughing. She's like, I've never, ever seen him in the middle of the day just be crashed out in such a vulnerable position. And then he's so crashed out, he's like disoriented. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's really a wonderful thing when you can get into that space. And this is what's the great thing about the classes, Raina, is that you're going to be learning some really wonderful traditional Japanese meditations that help you create that space within yourself so that when you go to the horses, you have this really nice, strong, calm energy, and they're just going to be attracted to you. When, one time we went to Remus, and Kathleen was teaching the class, and I went out with some students to these young gypsy horses. They're like kind of like halflings. They're beautiful horses, and they're young. They've never been ridden. They've never been really handled. So we were standing out against the fence, and I told the students, you know, reminded them, it's go inwards and don't concentrate on the horses. And I turned my back and was looking out at the – it's in a beautiful space, and, you know, out there everything's open. So I'm just concentrating on this expansion and just meditating with the nature. And, you know, it's getting time to go, and I look at my phone. I'm like, okay, and I turn around. All the horses are standing behind me in a little group. (laughs) And all the students are, like, standing there. Oh, well, I just – it's like, see, you cannot – pay attention it's like they want this beautiful energy but they don't want you beaming at them they don't want you thinking about them or going oh are you feeling this oh is this working you know they just want you to be (laughs) but it's really funny because they're incredible incredible teachers so it's very exciting to hear that you're at a horse rescue and how wonderful for the horses that you're able to be there and support that space for them that's really beautiful so thank you for that I feel blessed, really, because, again, oh. they, they've rescued me, you know. Oh, yeah, it, that is the way it is, too. And they're just, yeah. I mean, I can't say enough about horses as teachers. They are just amazing. So I want to share, we only have five more minutes. I want to share really quickly. Um, Maha it lives in Egypt, and I'm so excited for her to be in the class. It's so nice to have someone from Egypt because, you know, now Sarah is in India, and one of our teachers actually goes to Egypt, so I'm hoping we can bring animal Reiki to Egypt in a bigger way. So Maha says that she chose the precept just for today, do not worry. And the animal who embodied that precept for her was a cat that she fostered some time ago named Coco. And she felt worried about her with some anxiety. She was trying to block both feelings at first or sort of numb them. But as she continued to repeat the mantra, she was able to breathe more easily and be more present. She loved this cat so much, and they were both very attached to each other. And she used to think of her as being very restless and excitable, although when she was with Maha, she was usually calm. And so she said she thinks they both made each other feel safe, or at least tried to. But whenever she used to play outside, Maha would worry about her terribly. After Maha did the meditation, she realized that she had been trying to protect her too much, that she was worrying about things that were beyond her control. And she realizes now that Coco, the kitty, knew this and maybe even tried to take some of her worry away. And she said, it's not difficult to worry about someone you love, especially if you feel responsible for them. But the worrying doesn't really change anything either way. So using the precept as a mantra helped her to focus, and she's going to try and do it regularly from now on. And that's the truth, too. It's like worrying doesn't help anyone. It just creates that energy of worry. And actually, the animals feel that energy. We're trying to help them, but if we're in that agitated state of worry or fear, we're not helping anybody. But when we can go inwards and create this nice, calm energy, then that can help support them. And it's like we said earlier on the call, it's not going to change them if if that's in their nature to be that way. But at least it helps them to have those calm moments. And I know in the shelter, when we're able to just really center ourselves and bring that calm energy, it reminds them that they carry that energy within them and they can go back to it. 
And that's really what we're trying to do is we're really just trying to remind them that here this is the same energy that you have when you're balanced, and I'm going to create this for you. And now you can share this and, and remember it. And that's what helps them. And that's why, you know, we try to do four treatments in a row because that repetition of that helps them to remember it, and it helps them to go more easily into it when we're not there. So then Linda Crabtree couldn't be on the phone, so she sent in her homework, and hers was anger. And so she was doing the mantra for anger, and many of her animals um, in her circle of life showed up. And there was Ka, Wa, Zena, and Sarge. And her thoughts were she tells the animals over and over again what to do um, about respecting her space or a training exercise. And she loses patience and gets angry when maybe they, you know, things are out of control. And she feels out of control with her actions with the animals. And she's not being mindful. And she feels like this is coming from, you know, an ugly place within her, and she gets angry at herself. And so it is easy for us to get angry at ourselves or, or to lose patience with ourselves or, you know, we're trying to be so good and we're, we're fostering animals or we're doing something and we lose our patience. But that's the beautiful thing about the precepts. We can come back to that having compassion for yourself and then for others. So when we can practice the precepts and we live in that circle of let go of fear, let go of anger, be honest, be humble, be compassionate to yourself and to others, then we're constantly in that circle. It's not to say we're never going to get angry, we're never going to worry, we're we're always going to be humble, we're always going to be honest. No, it's what it's saying is we're going to try and we and that's our goal to live in that space. And then if we if we mess up, we show compassion to ourselves and to others. And another thing is is that the whole concept of for, day, for today only is a Buddhist concept. There is no tomorrow. So in this moment right now, you can live without anger, without worry. You can be humble, you can be honest, and you can be compassionate to yourself and others. And that's what we have to remember. You can't say, oh, I'm never going to get angry again because that's not going to happen. But right now in this moment, you can let go of all anger. So it's already 7 o'clock. I can't believe it. It was such a fast class. Thank you all so much for your participation and for your homework. And I'm really excited for this class. But really quickly before I hang up, I just want to – I'm going to send you Lesson 2. And in Lesson 2, we have lots of some traditional Japanese meditations, but also there's a Qigong meditation that is, um, works with the three diamonds. So the Japanese system of energetic centers is three diamonds, your hara, which is your belly, your middle hara, which is your heart, and your upper hara, which is your third eye area. And there is a beautiful meditation called the three diamond meditation where you put your hands, um, so your palms are one on top of each other. So your fingers, in your right hand, your fingers are facing left, and then your left hand, the palm is on top of your right, and your left fingers are facing to the right. So your hands are stacked on top of each other. And you go off your body about two or three inches, and you make that connection to your hara. You bring your hands up to your middle hara. You make that connection with your heart center, with your middle hara. Then you bring your hands up to your third eye, to your upper hara, and you make that connection, and you keep coming up and down, up and down. Now, the beauty of this meditation is you're going inward. So it's a wonderful meditation to practice with the animals, and that's what your homework is going to be. Practice it with the animals, and you're going to see a huge difference in how your animals react to you. Because when we go inward and we're concentrating on creating that energy within ourselves, our energy starts to spread out, and there's no more like, I'm doing this for you. It's We're doing it for ourselves, and the animals come around because they finally breathe a sigh of relief and go, ah, she gets it. It's for her, not for me. And so be sure to practice that. And if you have any questions, you can email me. You can, um, I'm open for Skype or Google Chat. Whatever you need, just please feel free to shoot an email to me, and I'm always here for you. So thank you all so much. Linda, thank you for showing up again. And Iona, I know, is taking the class again too. So thank you both for coming back and resitting it. Um, and everyone, I will see you next Monday. In the meantime, have a beautiful week, and I will talk to you all soon. Leah. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Yes. Leah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Reiki to the puppy having seizures. Of course, I would be more than happy to keep that puppy in my sessions. Can we all send some and yes, help? please, everyone, just keep the puppy in your heart and just keep that in your Reiki sessions. You know, set your intention to send Reiki and then let it go and go inwards and know that that Reiki is going to go to the puppy. And also go on the animal Reiki um, support group. There's a lot of it's a it's a Yahoo group and you can go on there and ask for Reiki for the puppy. Every single time I've done it, it's been miracles. 
And not that the puppy's going to get better, but it is a really wonderful support group for anyone who's having issues. There's hundreds of Reiki practitioners, and it's a lot of healing. So I encourage you all to use the Animal Reiki Group um, Yahoo link. And if you need that, um, I can send that to the class. Maybe I'll just go ahead and send it to the class in this email so you all have it. Awesome. Thank all right. So Good much. night, everyone. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you, Leah. Sure, thank you. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.